On this show is a recommendation to buy or sell securities. While stocks and the stock market will be discussed on this program, check with your advisor or a professional before investing. Helping people navigate the world of money for the past 17 years. Ladies and gentlemen, your hosts of Tape Talk Radio, Quint Tatro and Daniel Zolno. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of Tape Talk Radio. I'm your host, Quint Tatro. And Daniel Zolno. Well, we've got a lot to talk about this week. We've got new China news. We've got the Fed continuing to put money into the system ever so liberally. Is liberally a word? Liberally. Liberally. Hey, I think there's an ER in there. Liberally. 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 Uh, nonetheless, it is easy flowing, and that seems to be what the market cares about. Uh, we're finishing up earnings season, some good, some bad, some indifferent, and we're headed very quickly into the end of the year. Uh, in a time period where the market has been exceptionally strong, and uh, it is certainly uh, giving way to a lot of uh, catch-up uh, in the marketplace, and we'll talk about that uh, just a little bit. Uh, but but first, uh, y- you know, Daniel, we've had some uh, the Fed. The Fed has really been uh, a, a player here in in the market. Um, you know, we first brought to the listeners' attention the concern that we had when the Fed really entered uh, the repurchase market uh, and and started providing liquidity. And it was very interesting because it was it was sort of passed off as this you know, a, 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 a fluke almost. It was just this, this happenstance that happened and, and uh, it was a result of um, confluence of events, tax payments that were due, uh, treasury bonds that were um, maturing. Uh, and so there was just this short-term need for cash uh, in the system and uh, wouldn't be something that would, uh, you know, be prolonged. Unfortunately, now, Many people believe that we've actually nationalized the repurchase market. I want to talk a little bit about that, but before we do, you know, let's do let's explain to the to the listeners a little bit what exactly the repurchase market is, um, you know, in layman's terms, so that they understand, you know, what's happening out there, how it ties in with the Fed funds rate, you know, et cetera. I think this can be a good educational experience for that. So. Why don't you start us off, Daniel, and and uh, we'll kind of we'll just kind of bat it around a little bit. All right. So the repurchase market is a market that financial institutions can utilize to free up basically liquidity on their books, so they can push um, investments that they hold into a repurchase agreement. They they essentially give those to another financial institution, the finan- the other the um, the contrarian. The, the, the Contra financial institution then gives them uh, decimals, really, or digits and decimals uh, on their balance sheet. They, they, in the computer, basically switch around who has liquidity and who doesn't. And that uh, is billed at an annualized rate uh, for that night. So they take you know a certain percentage rate and divide that by about 365 days in a year. And the bank that is receiving the liquidity would, would pay for that. Uh, and the reason it's called a repurchase agreement because part of the agreement is that the um, the bank that lent or gave those securities to the other bank for cash is making an agreement to repurchase those the next night with that cash that they had. So they basically are just shoring up their books for the night. And that, that sounds kind of, um, you know, a uh, catastrophic, um, like there's some destined failure in the financial system, but it actually happens uh, every night. Let's put this into context. First of all, we'll talk about the extreme, and then we'll talk about the reality of it. The extreme is, if you think back to It's a Wonderful Life, uh, and and um, uh, the main character, uh, George Bailey, is desperately trying to um, satisfy the depositor's demand for capital. So there's a bank run transpiring. This is around the turn of—well, uh, not turn of centuries. century. It's around the uh, 20s, uh, the start of the Depression, and— um, Ultimately, we had a, uh, a system where we didn't have the FDIC, we didn't have the checks and balances in place, et cetera. And so uh, there, there wasn't as much. I mean, there's certainly bank regulations at the time. But if you recall the, the, the example where uh, the, the mob you know, enters the bank, George sort of hops behind, you know, he, he 
It's a great movie, Daniel. Have you ever watched this movie? Please tell me you have. Just lie. If yeah, you it's on like okay. 24 hours a day for it's three weeks movie. or something. Like it's that. A, such a great movie. No, that's Christmas Story, Daniel. The leg lamp. Come on. No, the other. I'm just. They're messing. both yeah, on. I, I mean, we don't have cable anymore, but when we did, they were like on repeat. I love it. Anyways, one is in black and white and one's in color. That's bingo. the only way I know that. That's right. You're, you're you're thinking of this place all wrong, as if I had the money back in a safe. The, the money's not here. Well, your money's in Joe's house. That's right next to yours. And in the Kennedy house and Mrs. Maitland's house and, and a hundred others. Uh, you're lending them the money to build and then they're going to pay it back to you as best they can. Now, what He's are you explaining to... the banking system. I, I, I wish all the kids that I work with would just start with this movie and, and work their way up to uh, The Big Short, basically, is, is uh, uh, probably a good movie to, to capitalize on the understanding of, of the financial system in America. But nonetheless, you know, he's trying to give out, out as, as much as needed, as required, to satisfy kind of their demand. But he needed to hold on to something in order to be open the next day, or he, they would be insolvent. And if you remember the end, uh, the Potter is at the ready. Uh, Potter is the is the the guy who's you know kind of kind of scoop it up, you know, scoop up these shares of the bank. Uh, this is the, the time where where people who were invested they actually got shares for their deposit. That's not the same way it is anymore. Um, actually, I shouldn't say that. They're, they're, the insurance companies work this way a lot, and uh, on occasion they have a what's called a demutualization. If somebody out there owns a- Anthem stock. Because you had Anthem policy or life insurance or health insurance at some point in the in the in the past, and you got stock, they they demutualized. You actually own shares. So in the insurance world, they do this sometimes still, uh, but in the in the financial world, they do not. But nonetheless, they they kind of you know happy danced to, to, to the safe, and they had I think one dollar left, and they put it in, and they were able to open the, the next day. So that's what what we term today as a reserve requirement. That's what we term as as basically having on hand a certain amount of money in order to open the next day. The reserve requirement in the United States uh, is currently 10%. So, for example, if someone, if a bank uh, has a million dollars in assets, um, that's the deposits on hand, they need to have $100,000 available uh, in order to to pay out to to customers. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to have that in cash. That, that actually presents another conundrum. Uh, if if everyone in the United States, you know, went to the bank to withdraw $100 or something like that, the statistic is that there's not enough money in the, the actual currency. It's just not there. There's not enough in print. Uh, but nonetheless, um, they, they have to have it, at least electronically, that they have a that they have this this uh, 10% reserve um, on hand, and that is required. Well, in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, this was created by this, um, this catastrophic situation. You know, we had a stock market crash. People were concerned about their capital. There was a, a panic, and there was a run on the bank. We saw a very similar episode in 2008, 2009, um, where this started to happen. There was a, a liquidity crisis. It, it never translated into necessarily a run on the bank, and it wasn't um, sparked by uh, a, a stock market crash. Uh, the liquidity crisis in banking was, was actually st- sparked by the mortgage crisis. It ultimately led to the decline in the stock market, but the first did not uh, predecease the second or, or, or precede the second. Uh, it, it was a little bit different order in 2008-2009. Nonetheless, uh, the Fed stepped in. Uh, they were able to inject the liquidity needed. Well, what happens on a daily basis, and this is a little, as you kind of learn about this, you get a little freaked out, and that's why, um, that's why it's very uh, difficult to, uh, to remain optimistic and encouraged and, and invested at times uh, because sometimes the more you know, uh, the dangerous it can, it can be. A lot of times I hear guys say, you know, Wall Street's a young man's game and young man meaning, you know, right out of college because um, they don't have the experience and therefore they don't have the fear. They're almost ignorant uh, to the to the ideas of, of, you know, capitalism and how things can go wrong. <laughs> um, so we kind of, you know, we, we don't agree with that necessarily. We, we feel that it, experience will certainly help. But nonetheless, um, Bank A uh, may or may not uh, be short uh, their required reserves before the end of the day. And so they, they you know, run a quick calculation, and, and they don't have the money. And so they call up Bank B, and it's basically a, a very short exchange. It's all done electronically, but I'm just giving you a quick example. 
So bank A calls up bank B and says, hey, I need to you know, borrow a million bucks or 100000 or whatever the case may be. That uh, loan, which is what's given overnight, is collateralized by the mortgage-backed securities that are, that are held within the bank. So it's just an electronic transfer. Uh, bank A moves the mortgage-backed securities over to bank B. Um, bank B moves the money over to bank A. And that's done uh, before closing with an intent to repurchase those mortgages the next day. And as Daniel said, the interest rate that is applied is equivalent to or tries to be uh, in, in, in balance with typically the federal funds rate, which is currently around 2%. Um, several months ago, uh, mid-October, uh, early October, we all of a sudden started to see that overnight interest rate for the repurchase market started to creep up uh, slowly and then escalated very rapidly. In fact, got to at 1.10%. Basically, the repurchase market crashed overnight. And there was a tremendous amount of speculation as to why that happened. I, to this day, and the Fed just mentioned the other day, they're still researching as to why that happened. They don't know why that happened. Um, anytime something like that happens, I, I don't like that. You know, it's like a sound in the car. A lot of people, you know, they hear a sound in the car, they kind of pass it off. Oh, that was nothing. You know, maybe just, I, that kind of freaks me out. I know that, you know, if I hear a sound in my car, it's probably going to be a bad thing. Um, but ultimately, um, the Fed stepped in. They provided the liquidity needed. And again, they kind of brushed it off as a one-time event. Well, uh, the, the market didn't like that. The market started to get a little wobbly. That's where we started to get a little defensive in nature, uh, started to raise a little cash. We were a little concerned. We'd had a great year, thought, you know, that's a prudent maneuver. Uh, and ultimately, the Fed then uh, did it again and again and again. And ultimately, now the Fed has simply just adopted the idea that they're going to enter the repurchase market as needed on a daily basis, if needed, throughout 2020, basically. Uh, which has done two things. First and foremost, well, three things. Number one, uh, it has reduced the overnight rates back towards the Fed funds rates. So that was effective. Number two, uh, it has given the overall stock market incredible confidence or investment community confidence that the Fed is going to do whatever it takes to continue to keep the liquidity flowing. And then number three, it has once again started to increase the balance sheet um, on the Fed's uh, side. Uh, which is indicative of another quantitative easing measure, which is what the market really likes and why we've seen this last leg of move higher. All right, we're going to talk about more of that when we come back. We've got to take a quick break. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio with your host, Quinte Trope. And Daniel's on there. We'll be right back. Then the whistleblower, the phone call, what's happening now, impeachment proceeding, Democrats, hoaxes, your station for what happens next. Where are we going to go? This hearing's going to change significantly. News Radio 630 WLAP. Just starting out, there's really nothing that can beat that low-cost index investing in a dollar-cost averaging kind of way. It's about life. It's about finances. This country provides you more opportunity than any place in the world to make money. It's about you. DIY money. Subscribe now. Wherever you podcast. Message and data rates may apply. Do you want to learn how to get started making money flipping houses right here in the Lexington area? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll be introduced to our three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Paula Sajan, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Lexington area who want to learn how to get started making money, flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Lexington is a perfect market for my system. And next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you'll learn how to get started flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. Together. 
get two free tickets to Paul's workshop. Text your five-digit zip code to 37000. Seating is extremely limited, so text your five-digit zip code to 37000. Text in the next 10 minutes, and you'll also reserve a free copy of Paul's Money for Deals guide. Just text your zip code to 37000. Studies show if you sleep next to someone who snores, you could be losing an hour of sleep every night. I'm Trina Webster, and I don't have that problem anymore. I'm Dan Webster. We're the founders of Z-Quiet. We know how snoring can turn your sweet dreams into a nightmare of shoving, poking, and morning frustration. Not to mention those dreaded trips to the couch in the middle of the night. Snoring was a real problem for us. I tried everything, even surgery, but nothing worked. That's when we developed an amazing solution called Z-Quiet. Z-Quiet is easy to use and works immediately so you can sleep comfortably without making a sound. Just pop it in before you sleep and kick snoring out of bed forever. Millions of people are sleeping better every night thanks to Z-Quiet. So if better sleep is one of your goals, go to GetZQuiet.com. Z-Quiet works for both men and women. With Z-Quiet, couples are sleeping together peacefully. Try it risk-free for 30 days for just $9.95. Go to GetZQuiet.com. That's GetZQuiet.com to try it for only $9.95. BJ's Restaurant and Brew House has over 140 menu items, 50 craft beers, the world-famous Pazuki dessert, and catering, including easy-to-order combos and specialty entrees, offering something for everyone, like Parmesan-crusted chicken, bone-in wings, and, of course, Pazuki desserts. Go from host to hero. Cater with BJ's. Right now, get $35 off any catering order of $300 or more. Available for takeout or delivery now through December 31st. For more details, visit BJ'sRestaurant.com. BJ's Lexington location is on the corner of Nicholasville Road and West Reynolds Road in front of This is Quint Tatro with Jewel Financial. Just a few months ago, the market was experiencing close to a 20% decline, and it looked like a recession was a foregone conclusion. Fast forward, and we're now hitting all-time highs. If this market has you sick to your stomach, maybe it's time to reevaluate your risk tolerance, your asset allocation, your retirement plan. If there's one thing I've learned over 20 years in the business, it's that markets will go up and markets will go down. However, having a solid financial and retirement plan with a sound investment strategy is critical for long-term success. If this market is making you queasy and you're unsure of your plan, or maybe you don't even have a plan, maybe it's time for a second opinion. Visit us on the web, retirementky.com. That's retirementky.com. And listen to Tape Talk Radio each Saturday from 11 to 12. Now back to Tape Talk Radio with Quint Tatro and Daniel Zolno. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio. Quint Tatro here. And Daniel Zolno. Wow, that was beautiful. Hello. Hello. We're in the weeds a little bit today, but I think that's important, especially as you get, you know, around the uh, around the, 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 the Thanksgiving table holiday time period coming up and everybody seems to be, uh, you know, an economist uh, when you get family around and and they have all their ideas and understanding. I I just think it's important to educate, uh, to give you a a real look in in what's happening. Um, Prior to the break, we started talking about uh, what the Fed, uh, they're doing in the repurchase market. Uh, My belief is that that has become the predominant um, activity that the market cares about right now. Um, Why do I say that? Well, seems to be that the trade deal, at least this phase one um, that the market got excited about, uh, is really nothing as, as of yet. We don't have anything signed. Um, uh, China seems to be kind of bunting, uh, buying time. I don't know too many people who are surprised by this at all. It's kind of becoming an old, uh, old news. Um, and I think so many companies, especially in the United States, have, have moved on from this. They're, they're they're not waiting. They're not. They're not on pins and needles every day. You know, wondering what's going to happen. They're moving production. They're moving on. Um, I think that's boding very, very well for other areas uh, in the world. And I think that's not going to bode well uh, for China. In addition, China has a big problem going on, and and China's big problem right now is in Hong Kong, and that's starting to really heat up. As you may or may not know, Hong Kong has been protesting in the streets now for uh, several months. It started as a a protest uh, against a um, a law being put into in, uh, into uh, effect whereby uh, criminals could be persecuted in China. They would be sent to mainland China in order to uh, face trial. Uh, Hong Kong residents thought that that was uh, absolutely horrible. That would be basically giving 
uh, control back to mainland. Uh, many or may not know Hong Kong is trying to be kind of a democratic nation, trying to be their own, their own people, um, even though they are part of China. Um, you know, they're an island, and they're trying to be just sort of independent. And so this uh, proposed law was not something that they were at all interested in, and so uh, they took to the streets protesting. That ultimately was reversed, and that was a big deal right off the bat because the fact that that was um, that they actually were able to enact this change um, really showed the world uh, that that uh, Chinese citizens, you know, may be ready to stand up against uh, communist um, actions and communist um, um, ruling. And uh, even though Hong Kong is not uh, per se communist, uh, again, it is still part of China. And so uh, the fact that they were able to overturn this proposed law uh, was a big deal. Uh, but they didn't go home. They didn't say, OK, thank you. We, we got our objective straightened out and we're good now. And we're, you know, everything's back to normal. <laughs> Contraire, mon frere. Uh, they said, hey, we, we, uh, we got this done. Let's see what else we can get done. We want total democracy. It's not being reported, interestingly enough, uh, as much as you would expect. Well, it's really not all that surprising, but uh, people are protesting in the streets of Hong Kong, sh waving the United States flag. They're basically now demanding full democracy. They basically want to be their own country, per se. I, 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 could, I could see that happening. I could see that taking a very long time, but I could see that happening. And um, that's a big problem for China. And so... Again, I think the world is now looking at this and, and saying, okay, you know, China has some, ha they're trying to exert this control. They're trying to remain steadfast in, this, in these trade negotiations. Meanwhile, there, there's, a, there's a, a problem in their own backyard. That problem is escalating. Just this past week, um, a police officer shot a protester point blank range. Apparently, it made its uh, rounds on uh, social media very quickly. Uh, simply just, uh, you know, increasing the uh, uh, the protesters and, and really adding fuel to the fire. In addition, and no, no, no pun whatsoever intended, this is just horrible, but a protester um, uh, was doused in uh, gasoline and burned. You know, these, these images that started as, as peaceful protests and are now obviously turning deadly, I don't think that that bodes well uh, for China. And I think that ultimately bodes very well uh, for the citizens of Hong Kong. It was a very fascinating, I encourage you to go back and check it out if you're interested in this subject matter, uh, very fascinating interview on 60 Minutes a few weeks back with a, a Hong Kong uh, billionaire who is leading this charge. He's in the front lines of the protests every single day. Uh, he came to Hong Kong. It was a, um, an escaped communist China, as he said, uh, came to Hong Kong with nothing, built his business, and it, it is very, very successful, and is leading the charge for this total democracy movement in uh, in hong kong so once again uh we have had news recently that china is not so fast to sign this deal i think in the past that would have hit the market uh considerably i think the market would have been off uh, several percentage points on that news and now the market yawns uh, the market yawns at that as it hits new highs i think what the market is telling us they're much more interested in the fed um, than anything else which mandates a change in in our uh, view uh going from cautious to a little bit more uh, invested, and we'll talk about that when we return and how we went ahead and, and uh, put some capital back to work in this in this market. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio with your host, Quintetro. And Daniel's on there. We'll be right back. No matter what you're into, there's a podcast for everything. And let's face it, they're the hottest thing going right now. So on January 17th, we're celebrating the best podcasters with our second annual iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. From comedy to crime, sports, pop culture, you name it. We'll be honoring the best of the best. But in order to do that, we need you to vote. So go to iHeartPodcastAwards.com and vote on who you think should take home Podcast of the Year. We all have a favorite. Now let's give them the recognition they deserve. iHeartPodcastAwards.com. Vote now. Now, earn up to $16.15 an hour when you take the next step in your career and join the Integrity Team at Amazon Fulfillment in Lexington. Get some of the best perks in the area, including daily and weekly pay options, a climate-controlled work environment, and a fast, easy hiring process. Apply today. Walk into 120 Town Center Drive in Lexington Monday through Saturday and walk out with your job offer. That's 120 Town Center Drive. For more info and to apply online, visit LexListens.com. That's LexListens.com. Integrity Staffing, your opportunity. Engine. All my favorite pumpkin treats. Back at Fresh's Big Boy. Pumpkin cheesecake. Pumpkin spice caramel cake. Pumpkin pie. 
the R's grumbly episodes. And they are for big kids too. Did you know that pumpkin is a new superfood? All at your local Frishes. Home of burgers, breakfast, and big boy. Federal budget official Mark Sandy has arrived for his closed-door deposition today with impeachment investigators. He's expected to shed light on withholding of military aid to Ukraine. And a key witness is expected in week two. Next week, there is another spate of witnesses due to appear. Uh, the biggest one expected to be on Wednesday. That's when EU Ambassador Gordon Sondland appears. He has a lot of questions to answer now uh, because what some of these previous witnesses have testified to, that he was really at the center, they allege, of this shadow foreign policy. ABC's David Wright, former Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch, testified yesterday she was the victim of a smear campaign after raising concerns of an irregular back channel to dig up dirt on the president's rifles. Five people have been arrested in connection with a shooting during a high school football game in Pleasantville, New Jersey last night. One adult and one child were injured. Colin Kaepernick arrives for his workout in Atlanta today. Reps from over half the league's teams expected to attend. I'm Linda Lopez, ABC. Our weekend is off and running with a mix of sunny clouds across the land on this Saturday. Temperatures colder than we should be, but still not half bad. Into the low 40s, upper 40s to low 50s on Sunday. Clouds will increase into the afternoon and evening ahead of a weak front. That will drop into town by Monday and Tuesday. Overall, though, it's fairly calm. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay warm. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. This is Quint Tatro with Jewel Financial. Just a few months ago, the market was experiencing close to a 20% decline, and it looked like a recession was a foregone conclusion. Fast forward, and we're now hitting all-time highs. If this market has you sick to your stomach, maybe it's time to reevaluate your risk tolerance, your asset allocation, your retirement plan. If there's one thing I've learned over 20 years in the business, it's that markets will go up and markets will go down. However, having a solid financial and retirement plan with a sound investment strategy is critical for long-term success. If this market is making you queasy and you're unsure of your plan, or maybe you don't even have a plan, maybe it's time for a second opinion. Visit us on the web, retirementky.com. That's retirementky.com. And listen to Tape Talk Radio each Saturday from 11 to 12. Chris Young, live, Raised on Country Tour. I was raised on country. Saturday, November 23rd, Rump Arena. Chris Young, hit after amazing hit. And tonight I'm drowning. With special guests, Eli Youngman and Matt Stell. Tickets available at LiveNation.com. Chris Young, Raised on Country Tour. This is Tape Talk Radio with Quint Tatro and Daniel Zolno. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio. I'm your host, Quint Tatro. And Daniel Zolno. We do this each and every week. Sometimes the shows are a little bit lighter uh, than today. We're going into the weeds, but I think it's important. I, I, I think, you know, sometimes we can come and we're enthusiastic and we're energetic and we're talking about you know, the economy and, and portfolio management and so on and so forth. But, you know, I think it's it's important to get in the weeds sometimes uh, and, and really get an understanding of what's going on in the world. Uh, and we try to try to hopefully you appreciate we try to do it in such a manner that it makes sense. We're not trying to you know talk over anybody. We're trying to put it, you know, use analogies, use use discussions that, um, you know, that that makes sense and and. Uh, and, you know, kind of, kind of connect the dots. I think that's one of the biggest things that, that I, I believe investors uh, fail to, to grasp is, is sort of how these, um, how these dots are connected. Markets hitting all-time highs as we do this show, uh, really laughing at any caution. If you recall a few weeks ago, uh, we, we raised a little cash uh, from, from our investments, and, um, and market just kind of laughed at that and chugged right along. Uh, I think there's, uh, there's two frames of, of mind in, in investing, and I know that over my tenure, uh, one of the most important things I've learned is it, it's okay to be wrong, but it's not okay to stay wrong. Uh, and when the market continues to, to move higher 
and uh, areas uh, continue to improve. And clearly, a shift moves from um, you know this idea that China is going to derail the U.S. economy more towards the Fed, uh, you know, having having our back is uh, is is worth uh, noting and uh, worth changing. So, what's interesting about this environment, and uh, and and I like quite a bit, is uh, there's times in the past when uh, when the market you know is is doing exceptionally well and everything is doing exceptionally well. So all sectors are you know trading at all time highs and and it's very difficult uh, to to sort of re-enter. Um, there's a few groups, however, that that have been lagging and uh, and if the economy uh, sort of restarts, uh, you know that, that we have this we had these signs that maybe things were slowing down. If that is not the case and we kind of return right back to uh, you know firing on all cylinders, there are some unique areas um, that that are proving to be uh, prudent entry points uh, and and areas that provide a little bit more diversification. Uh, we've already talked about the emerging markets and the international space. Those are probably two of the um, most attractive from a valuation standpoint. I know that we uh, already have a position there, and and uh, um, we we like that like those positions quite a bit. But there's another area that uh, we took we started to uh, sort of capitalize on. We we feel that will be a, a prudent maneuver, and that's the small cap, uh, small capitalized uh, company world. And uh, this this area has not uh, really done what the general market uh, has done. Uh, has you know the market's been led by big cap technology, the Microsoft, the Apples of the world have really been on a tear dragging this market higher. Uh, but but some of the small caps have not. Daniel, why do you think that is? I mean what, what what do you think has dragged what do you think the small why do you think the small caps have have underperformed and really not participated uh, in in this uh, market over the last year or so? Well, I'd be speculating uh, a little bit because I don't know as far as the whole breadth of the small caps go. But uh, you have a few things going in the favor of this index not rallying like, say, the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. Uh, some of that is the fact that it's significantly more diversified across companies. So within the index itself, you don't have the top three, four or five companies that just dominate the index overall, such that as long as those ones do OK, the index will just kind of get pulled higher. So you have that under the surface though i think you have these companies that uh are not as hedged or uh, they don't have as much of the firepower as some of the larger companies do such that things like the um the tax changes significantly help some of the international companies uh, overseas repatriate some cash and so forth uh they have more access to cheaper credit those larger companies and so these lower rate environment has helped them uh but you know the higher yield rates have still been significant not significantly high but i mean higher than what say apple and uh the googles of the world could potentially uh go into the market and borrow at so I think they face a different economic environment compared to the large caps and the structure of the index being totally different in and of itself uh, lends itself to moving significantly different. Other thing I'll add to that is that a lot of the small cap index is made up of uh, two groups uh, that have not performed. Uh, one is the regional banking sector. Uh, the regional banks have really struggled. The large cap big money center banks have really started to do well. As it, it becomes clear that they are uh, able to still make money and profit from uh, a, an interest rate environment that is historically low. If you know um, the way banks traditionally make money, it's uh, a net interest uh, income is their traditional um, you know sales line item, if you will. So they basically just make money on the spread of, of uh, borrowing and loaning money. Uh, that is net net interest income. Banks, uh, money center banks do other things. Obviously, they they originate loans. They they make uh, money on that. When you when you you know, buy a home or you're financing something, you see a loan origination fee. Um, they make money on those. They also make money transacting their own their own book of business. Uh, money center banks uh, like a J.P. Morgan also do transactions within the private space. Um, they're investing in small companies. They're they're uh, providing uh, loans, large large loans for private companies, they're uh, doing mergers and acquisitions and so on and so forth. Uh, those companies have, have uh, done exceptionally well. And to boot, they they are historically undervalued. Um, and uh, they have uh, been obviously extremely well capitalized after the financial crisis. The money center banks have started to respond uh, to that, to the idea that, uh, you know, that, that they don't just need the interest uh, spread to make money. And so those stocks have uh, responded accordingly. 
the regional banks have not. Uh, they they've had a run. I mean, they're certainly up, you know, ten percent or so this this month in October, but they're uh, far uh, from from highs. Uh, so the highs in the regional banking index go back to the uh, mid two thousand and eighteen. Uh, specific one I'm looking at is the KRE. That's the Spider Regional Banking uh, ETF, high of sixty six. Uh, we're trading currently at 56, so that's you know obviously 10 points away or almost 20% off highs still in that specific index. Um, the idea is that if the money center banks are good and the economy is good and there's still transactions transpiring in the, in the uh, in the U.S. economy, then those regionals should start to participate uh, and they should uh, they should be able to make money. So that's a group that uh, will has held back uh, but could propel the small cap index higher. The other group, which is interesting. Uh, is the is the oil and gas sector? Uh, oil and gas is, has just been awful this year. In fact, energy is down as a sector within the S and P. I think you can quote me on this. You can look it up. But I, I think this is just taken from memory that that's the only sector in the S and P that is lower uh, year to date. Is the energy sector? It is the smallest percentage it has ever been now uh, in in relation to the S and P 500. So what does that tell you? Well, one of two things is going to happen. Either uh, energy's done, right? I mean, it's just the, the group is over, uh, the market's done, and uh, it's never coming back. Or, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I got here, uh, you know, putting putting gasoline in my car. I, I heat my house with natural gas, and, and um, you know, I plug in my phones. And, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, don't, I think we're going to need energy. Well, <laughs> so, and if you drive a Tesla, there's a good chance that that outlet you plug into is run off of natural gas in most of the country as well. That's exactly right. So, and so energy is a fascinating group because it's an unloved, uh, beaten up sector <clears throat> and one that uh, uh, one that is worth worth looking at here. In fact, uh, uh, an area that we're looking at here going into the uh, beginning of the year as we look at at sort of doing an, uh, an S&P sector rebalance is is uh, is increasing our energy exposure a little bit, decreasing areas that might be a little bit overvalued, uh, technology, et cetera. Um, consumer discretionary, and then increasing some of our um, beaten up sectors that that uh, you know are underweight. Energy is one of those areas, and there's a lot of small oil and gas companies that are inside the small cap index. So the two groups alone, the regional banking um, industry and then the small oil and gas uh, sectors, have really put a cap on the small cap uh, index. And uh, traditionally, small caps have outperformed during times of, uh, of uh, uh, positive uh, market performance, and uh, now they're underperforming. And uh, I believe still the, the trailing 12-month um, return in small caps is still negative, if not very close to it or, or flat, uh, and that's obviously not the case. So um, we're kind of looking at a reversion to the mean here. It's been a very, very long time since we've singled out small caps as an investment. Uh, and it doesn't mean we're going in and trying to speculate with one or two stocks. I want to be very clear with that. So um, we're using the Schwab U.S. A small cap ETF. It tracks the um, the small cap index. We're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of small cap uh, companies out there. And also to put it in context, we're looking at uh, ultimately taking a a 10% position in our aggressive accounts, uh, prorated accordingly. Uh, across the board for our other clients, and again, using some of the cash uh, that we took from from some other areas uh, that have uh, performed exceptionally well. So, trying to look at okay, you know, not just rushing back in and 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 buying the hottest thing out there, um, but if ultimately this economy is going to continue to propel higher uh, and and things are going to continue to improve, the Fed is continuing to backstop any liquidity concerns. Uh, well, that means the market's going higher, uh, and it's exactly why we continue to hit highs. Now, there's a lot of things that could derail this, and I think, again, the second thing I know is, uh, first and foremost, is it's okay to be wrong. It's not okay to stay wrong. I already mentioned that. Second thing is utmost flexibility, and I think that is absolutely critical because there's some outlying events that could transpire. I don't think anybody in the investment world, I know it's headlines every day from major media, but I don't think anybody in the investment world is giving any credence to the real possibility of an impeachment. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I think it's a joke for most investors. Uh, very similar. It reminds me of Brexit. Uh, polls discussed no way, uh, not going to happen, and then we all know how that turned out uh, and what happened to the market thereafter. Uh, a lot of uh, you know ideas. That, oh, there's no way Trump can win. Right, the election last uh, last uh, election season or last uh, presidential election. 
Uh, and so that's an interesting thing that I think if all of a sudden uh, that actually gained some momentum, I, I could see the market um, really uh, getting hit very quickly. So that's that's kind of in the back of the back of our mind. And then watching very closely for the for the uh, Democratic nomination, I, I think that's going to tell us a lot to to determine the sort of the uh, overwhelming, not overwhelming, but the general mood of uh, the Democrats out there and who they put forth uh, to run against Trump. And I think uh, I'm kind of in the camp that if Elizabeth Warren does get the Democratic nomination, I think that the market uh, could could go through some uh, tough times as well, because then that would really uh, put, you know, some some fear in Wall Street investors out there that, uh, wow, some, you know, not necessarily that, that she's going to win, but Holy cow! Some of these policies she's talking about, if they were implemented, would would significantly impact the stock market. So those are a couple things we're looking at, outliers, if you will, to keep in mind and keep uh, under consideration. And that would have us moving uh, back out very quickly. And uh, it's not something we like to do, but if if it was mandatory, we, we would certainly do that. All right, we got to take our last and final break. You've been listening to Tape Talk Radio with your host Quintetro and Daniel's on there. We'll be right back. What happened then? The whistleblower. The phone call. What's happening now? Impeachment proceedings. Democrats focuses. Your station for what happens next. Where are we going to go? This hearing's going to change significantly. News Radio 630 WLAP. This is Quint Tatro with Jewel Financial. Just a few months ago, the market was experiencing close to a 20% decline, and it looked like a recession was a foregone conclusion. Fast forward, and we're now hitting all-time highs. If this market has you sick to your stomach, maybe it's time to reevaluate your risk tolerance, your asset allocation, your retirement plan. If there's one thing I've learned over 20 years in the business, it's that markets will go up and markets will go down. However, having a solid financial and retirement plan with a sound investment strategy is critical for long-term success. If this market is making you queasy and you're unsure of your plan, or maybe you don't even have a plan. Maybe it's time for a second opinion. Visit us on the web, retirementky.com. That's retirementky.com. And listen to Tape Talk Radio each Saturday from 11 to 12. It's November, a time to give thanks. And Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is saying thank you, Kentucky, by giving you the best pl- deals on a new vehicle. Um, what's with the beep? Well, can we really put that on the air? Yes, because Big M has the best plucking deals all month long. Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Nicholasville is saying thank you, Kentucky, by giving you the best plucking deals with employee pricing all month long on all new 2019 Jeeps, including Wranglers. During the Black Friday sales event, get up to $18,000 off MSRP on new 2019 Ram 1500 trucks in stock. That's up to $18,000 off. Plus, we want your old car even if you owe more than it's worth. Get the best plucking deals at Big M Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Nicholasville. Visit BigMCDJR.com. Example stock number R1501, MSRP 66155 with approved credit plus tax and license. Negative equity refinanced. All rebates to dealer. Offers don't come by. Big M's got your truck, man. In Nicholasville. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-230-2777. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-230-2777. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-230-2777. 800-230-2777. At our table, craft means everything. It's where a one-of-a-kind brew house experience has been perfected for over 40 years. 
where over 140 delicious items are perfectly paired with award-winning handcrafted beer. And the only place where you can top it all off with our world-famous Pazuki dessert. It's at BJ's Restaurant and Brew House, where there's a moment on every plate and a memory at every table. Right now, get $10 off any order of $40 or more. For more details, visit BJ'sRestaurants.com. Money, money gone. DIY Money. It's a podcast with Quentetro and Daniel Zolno. Creativity is something that we lose, I think, as we get older, and it's a shame. It's about life. It's about finances. In our yeah, instance, so we take a cookbook, money. we look at a new recipe, go home, we cook together. It's about you. DIY Money. Subscribe now, wherever you podcast. Now, back to Tape Talk Radio with Quint Tatro and Daniel Zono. All right, welcome back. You're listening to Tape Talk Radio. I'm your host, Quint Tatro. And Daniel Zono. Oh, we got a really special segment next week. I can't wait. Uh, we're going to do an interview with the executive director of the Refuge uh, Medical Clinic here in Lexington. It's an organization I'm uh, becoming familiar with. Uh, I'm a big fan of of um, uh, of medical missions, domestic and abroad. Uh, I've done a lot of research in this space, been involved personally in a lot of mission work. And I got to tell you, it's one of the only areas that I see that uh, is not completely and utterly broken. Um, And there's so many other uh, areas of missions that are. Uh, Not all, not all. There's a lot of good things going on in the world. Um, and again, domestically, but uh, medical missions is a big deal. And in the current state that we're in with uh, domestic health care, it's a mess. I mean, we, we know this. Uh, I mean, if you're a human being, if you're an American citizen, most of our listeners are, you know, the healthcare situation in the U.S. is just awful. And I just, an organization that has kind of just taken it upon themselves and said, look, if you, if you need, I, I think so many people, my, my, one of my goals after learning more about this organization um, is is to bring as much notoriety as I can to the, to this organization, so um, so that people just understand what they're doing. Because uh, I think with with uh, notoriety, uh, it, w- it will certainly help them. They're they're a nonprofit. They're required to raise uh, their money in order to um, you know treat people. Uh, all of the doctors, the medical professionals, are volunteers. They're giving of their time. Um, they have uh, incredible partnerships with. Uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies that they're able to get discount medicine. Um, they're available for anyone, uh, regardless of, uh, of age, uh, race, color, ethnic, I mean, religion, it doesn't matter. They're, they're just doing unbelievable work. So I've asked the executive director to come in. We're going to take a break from the, the financial and the economy, uh, and we're going to talk about their, uh, their uh, program and their mission and, uh, and how, if you're interested at all, how you can, uh, how you can help out. Uh, and that's our objective. Sometimes we do that on this show. Sometimes we highlight small businesses. Sometimes we just highlight people who are doing great things, and uh, and they're doing great things. So uh, we'll bring them in next week. So uh, make sure you check that out. It's going to be a very exciting show. Uh, we've been in the weeds a lot today, and again, I know that uh, some. I always get you know I always get a little nervous about these shows. I'm, I like to bring the high intensity and the fun and the enthusiasm. And sometimes just the markets aren't that way. Sometimes you just got to get in the weeds and really understand what the heck's going on. And sometimes you still walk away uh, scratching your head. I know I do that a lot. Um, I've been spending a lot of time trying to learn about blockchain technology and Bitcoin. I I still scratch my head. I I can't. I you can't. Be careful scratching that head of yours. Yeah, I don't have much hair there to uh, to uh, to blanket that uh, those scratches. Um, but you know, it, it's it's a confusing world that we live in, and uh, and our job our job is to try and make sense of it so that we can invest. Uh, money wisely for our clients to reach their their financial goals and and I think that's how I want to conclude the show uh, Daniel why don't you run through you know very quickly the, the kind of the groups of people that might be listening and what they should be thinking about here into the end of the year right so we typically break your investment life into three different groups the first is the wealth accumulation phase and and that phase typically starts from uh, about the time that you start work and or the time that you just kind of get the bulk of your debt paid off so that you can start really accumulating wealth. So that time period lasts uh, from your early 20s until sometime probably in your late 40s to early 50s. And this is the time period that you are gathering assets. You're really trying to plan for the future life that you want. The second is those that are approaching retirement. And during this time, you've hopefully then uh, built up 
a nest egg that you can really rely on during retirement and you're starting to look at things like social security and medicare and withdrawal rates and your allocation and your risk tolerance and your risk temperament and how all of these things work together and how that's going to impact your retirement and it can oftentimes get uh, fairly confusing or overwhelming and this is an important time to really begin if you haven't already during your wealth accumulation phase during your approaching retirement phase it's critical that you start working with a financial planner and potentially an investment advisor finally those that are in retirement and at this point you are living off of uh, some level of either fixed income or fixed assets. Uh, so those are assets that you are withdrawing from and will hopefully go up with the market and so forth over time. But you now have contributed to them, you've accumulated that wealth and you're trying to live off of that plus either pensions and or social security. And uh, I tell you, one of the ways you can do all this uh, is to contact us and sit down and uh, have a second opinion regarding your overall financial situations. What we do every day for our folks, we love it. Uh, I think it's, I tell you, I, I know a lot of colleagues and they're miserable. I, I don't know why they do this business if they're miserable. I don't know why you do any business if you're miserable, but I, we absolutely love what we do. It's a choice. We'd love to sit with you. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you haven't heard from your advisor all year. Uh, maybe you, maybe, maybe you don't even know who your advisor is now. You, you know, the, they've switched so many times. It, you know, et cetera. Maybe you moved. You haven't talked to them. I mean, whatever the case may be, or maybe you're just dissatisfied and you need a second opinion. We'd love to sit with you. There's no fee or obligation to sit with us for an hour uh, to talk. And if there's a fit, and I can't stress this enough, and it might not be a fit for us. You, you just might not be a fit for us. We might not be a fit for you, and that's okay. Uh, but you can call our office, 881-0777, if you're local. That's 881-0777. And you can set up a time. Linda will answer that phone. She'll set up a time for you to come in. Our offices are on Broadway here in Lexington. If you are not from this area catching the podcast, we will we work with folks all over the United States of America. And uh, and we're we're doing that virtually with conference calls and web uh, web meetings. We're also, uh, you know, I, I travel quite a bit. The best place to get more information on us is on the web, requiredreturn.com. That's requiredreturn.com. All right, folks, we'll see you next week for a very special show interviewing uh, the uh, Refuge Medical Clinic here in Lexington. Stay tuned for that. And remember, it will not make dollars if it does not make sense. Make a great week.